BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The White House continues to take aim at Republican Governors Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott for failing to bend a knee during this latest phase of COVID hysteria. But is this about science and protecting Americans, or is this the left acting like the petty tyrants they are? We'll answer that question in tonight's Hold the Line. Welcome to Hold the Line. I'm Buck Sexton. It's getting pretty crazy out there right now. You can see it yourself. More and more mandates going into place about vaccines and about masks. It's like we're reliving this whole nightmare, even though overall nationwide caseload is far below what it was during the winter spike. But people are terrified. There's the Delta variant out there. There's a lot of fear and panic. What is going on? Well, at one level, you have the decision about schools and the reopening of schools with mask mandates in place, a big flashpoint in this fight right now. And here, for example, is the mayor of Austin trying to say that, sorry, parents can't make decisions for their own kids when it comes to masks because it affects other kids so you don't have any actual freedom. The choices that people are making not to get vaccinated for themselves are not choices just for themselves. The choices that they're making to leave themselves more vulnerable for ending up in a hospital is impacting everyone. That's why it's important to to especially protect our children. A parent can make a choice for their child, except that the choice that they make impacts everybody else in the classroom. And people should have a right to pick a choice to be able to be in a classroom that keeps their children the most safe. And we're going to do everything we can. We're going to, as we said from the very beginning, we're going to follow the doctors and the data. Uh, even when we have a governor that seems to be following the, the donors and not the doctors. The doctors. The data. Isn't it funny how they use the same talking point the whole time, even when they've been wrong so many times, they've done things that were stupid, that were pointless, that were useless. But they're following the doctors. Who are the doctors? I'm just wondering, well, what does this even mean? Show us the proof. Explain to us why masking kids in schools makes any sense. There are whole other countries now, Ireland most notably, that say masking kids up makes no epidemiological sense and is really a form of child abuse. Hmm. Now, what's pushing a lot of this? As you know, of course, politics. Politics loom large in the background of all of this. Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary, has had to address the fact that it seems kind of like, I know this may be a little crazy, a little bit like maybe the Democrats and the White House and the media are going after Florida really hard right now because they have to take down Ron DeSantis and make him look like a COVID bad guy. But no, no, Jen Psaki says, oh, that's not happening. A uh, headline from the New York Post. 
uh, from, I believe, uh, two days ago. Team Biden's war on DeSantis is all about kneecapping a successful governor, a GOP governor. Could you address that concern, please? Our war uh, is not on DeSantis. It's on the virus, uh, which we're trying to kneecap. Uh, and uh, he does not seem to want to participate in that effort to kneecap the virus, hence our concern. Oh, yes, Ron DeSantis doesn't want to do anything about the virus. It's not like he's been pushing vaccination for seniors very effectively from the absolute beginning of this year when the, when the vaccine first came out. It's not like he's had a better record on COVID when it comes to mortality per 100,000 residents than, say, New York or New Jersey or Massachusetts or Rhode Island. No, no, don't, don't look at the numbers. Look at whatever the White House tells you. That's what's supposed to happen here. There's something that you're not being told, though, that you should be able to get some answers about, that I want us to get answers about. It's a headline in New York Magazine. Don't panic, but breakthrough cases may be a bigger problem than you've been told. Current public health messaging may understate the scale and risk. Breakthrough cases. Here's a very simple way to, to frame this. How many breakthrough cases are there? government doesn't really know. Isn't that really important? Remember, a breakthrough case would be somebody who's fully vaccinated and still gets infected, and maybe is even symptomatic, maybe even hospitalized. How many of those individuals are there out there right now? Well, in this New York Magazine piece, not some right-wing Trump article, right? In this New York Magazine piece, they wrote, or this individual wrote, the message that breakthrough cases are exceedingly rare and that you don't have to worry about them if you're vaccinated, that this is only an epidemic of the unvaccinated, that message is falling flat, this is according to Harvard epidemiologist Michael Mina. If this was still alpha, sure, but with Delta, plenty of people are getting sick. Plenty of transmission is going on. And my personal opinion is that the whole notion of herd immunity from two vaccine shots is flying out the window very quickly with this new variant. Yeah. So how well, that's a Harvard epidemiologist quoted in New York Magazine. Herd immunity out the window after two shots. Interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, Dr. Fauci said today, you're going to have to get boosters. Why would you get boosters if you're done after two shots? Clearly you're not, and they know that. So what does that mean? It means that at some point, your protection from this vaccination they've made you get, is pretty minimal. And what does that mean? You're gonna have to get shots forever? Oh, they're already ready for that. You see, they're putting in the architecture, the infrastructure right now to make you get shots forever and ever. Here's uh, CNN's Leanna Wen, uh, who wants to make sure that kids are in fact getting vaccinated as fast as possible. The urgency to get the vaccines for younger children is quite extraordinary now. I mean, right now we're entering a period that is arguably the most dangerous time for children during the entire pandemic because we have the Delta variant. We have 93,000 children who are getting, who got infected in the last week. More than 200 kids are getting hospitalized every day and now kids are going back to school. People are not using the same precautions as they were before. And so I think we need to raise the level of urgency and to really ask the question, how much data are we looking for? I mean, how many children need to be in these studies, what is the level of safety and the time period that we need? Definitely, we want to make sure that these vaccines are safe and effective. Of course, we don't want any, any corners to be cut, but we also need these vaccines pretty urgently, too. Got to get the kids vaxxed, you see, as fast as possible. Don't wait. Don't ask questions. Do it. Do it. Do it. That's the whole play here. Wait a second. But all along, we've been told that children are at very low risk. About uh, two to three hundred kids total have died from or with COVID the entire pandemic. 
that's not enough to create a, a sense that this is a pandemic that is really dangerous to kids. She just said 90,000 children were infected. Okay, how many of them have died? How many of them are in the hospital? Why are we chasing cases when we should just care about severe illness? We've known that children can get this all along. We've also known that they beat it very easily and very quickly. Uh, but you see, the messaging here is don't look at the data. Just shut up and do what you're told. Get the vaccine. Don't complain. We've got more orders for you. That's what they want you to know. Here's the Baltimore mayor basically telling you that. This is not, I, it's not something that I say is something that our wonderful doctors say, not that Dr. DeRaza, the wonderful folks at Hopkins, the wonderful folks at UMS, all of our hospital partners here in Baltimore, the folks at the CDC, we know it works. This is a way for us to slow the spread. None of us want to go back to what we went through the last two times. And for anyone that's frustrated about wearing a mask and you're not vaccinated, then look in the mirror. It's your fault that we're going back to, to, going back to having an indoor mask mandate. Make sure that folks get vaccinated. If you're not vaccinated, shut up. Don't complain. Folks need to wear a mask to protect themselves, to protect the people around them, to make sure, even if you're vaccinated, that you're not transmitting this deadly virus to anyone else. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's like we've, we have to hear stuff like this from public officials, like we've learned uh, nothing about any of this. Yeah, masks do a great job of stopping the spread. They work really well. Yeah, people should believe that at this point. Folks, the fight is on, as I said it would be. They were not giving this up. They're never giving up the power. We're going to have to take it from them. All right, after the break, former press secretary for President Donald Trump, Sean Spicer, is going to join us. He's going to talk about his new book, which is about the Biden administration's radical agenda. But let's talk about your morning cup of coffee. If you're like me, you need some caffeine to get going, and that means a delicious cup of Black Rifle. Not only is this some of the best coffee you could ever get anywhere, it's a veteran-owned company that serves premium coffee to people who love America. This summer, Black Rifle invites you to enjoy your coffee, and not just the great taste, but the places you drink it, the passion and adventure it fuels and inspires, and the entertainment that Black Rifle will provide along the way. Whether you're brewing the perfect cup of pour over, or you're cracking open a can of 300 on your next backcountry mission, Black Rifle Com uh, Coffee Company is here to fuel your way wherever the summer takes you. Black Rifle imports high quality beans from all over the world and roasts them five days a week in Tennessee and Utah. The team at Black Rifle is continually researching and experimenting with new roasting methods and coffee origins. Purchase at blackriflecoffee.com buck and use code buck at checkout for 20% off your purchase and your first coffee club order. Fuel your summer with America's coffee, Black Rifle Coffee. We've got Sean Spicer up next. In his brand new book, former White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer details some of the biggest conflicts we face as a country today. Perhaps the biggest is the border crisis and the Biden administration's disastrous immigration policy. In a piece from Breitbart, Spicer writes, we can't have an honest national conversation about illegal immigration because we don't have an honest national media. If you support the border wall or if you want a rational border policy, the media will label you a racist. Meanwhile, the Biden-Harris administration is making policies that create incentives for a migrant onslaught at our southern border. Joe Biden's reckless knee-jerk impulse to overturn everything Trump accomplished has resulted in death and tragedy at the border. What does the current crisis at our border tell us about the Biden administration's true agenda? Sean Spicer is the author of the forthcoming book, Radical Nation, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris's Dangerous Plan for America. He joins me now. Sean, always good to see you, buddy. How are you? I'm good, Buck. How are you? Hey, I'm hanging in there. New York is getting a little crazy. Uh, I was gonna say. People yeah, are losing their minds a little, a little bit, tough. Sean. 
We don't have you in the White House anymore, buddy, to calm people down. People are freaking out around here. But tell me this. I mean, when you sat down to write this book, tell our, tell our folks at home why you really made it about the border. For, we'll talk about the other things, but the border first and foremost. Well, first of all, the book is really the first comprehensive look at the Biden and Harris administration. I think the border is basically the best example of what's going on here. And you addressed it a little in the intro. The bottom line is the boardy people on the right keep saying, why isn't Kamala Harris doing her job? She is doing her job. She's they, if, if you think that they want to stop this crisis at the border, you're crazy. Joe Biden told us he was going to be the most progressive president ever. This is an attempt to create the largest permanent Democratic voting bloc ever. They want these people to come in. They want them to vote Democrat and ensure a majority going forward. So make no mistake about it. This is all part of the larger plan that they have. Now, Sean, just give folks a sense. I mean, you said they they overturned. I mean, you were in the Trump White House and, and you know what some of the key policy decisions were about the border. I'm sure you worked very closely with Stephen Miller and others who were looking to try to secure our southern border and take actions there. What are the key things that the Biden administration has undone, uh, or yes, has undone that has led to the current situation, where I think last month the most recent numbers were over 200,000, which is just crazy in the middle of the summer? Well, it's it's two big things. One, on the what they've undone side, I think the biggest thing is the Remain in Mexico policy, which allowed people to come up to the border to file their papers, uh, but then have to wait in Mexico. And it created a disincentive if you knew that you weren't going to be processed right away and that you had to wait. The second thing is, is frankly, attitudinal. If you look at what this administration has done, it says, please don't come, please don't come. But if you do, here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you a hotel room. We'll put you somewhere in America. We'll allow your children to come in. If you place a migrant child at the border, don't worry, we'll take care of them. We'll find them either a relative or a friend in the United States to immediately place them with. But please don't come. What do you think? I mean, it's. It's, I mean, it's like, don't come to the restaurant. It's closed. But if you do, we're going to feed you dinner and give you dessert. But I hope you don't come because we won't be charging you any money if you do. It's the messaging is so backwards. The Trump administration made it very clear that you wouldn't be getting into this country if you came illegally. You had a process to follow. We respected the the rule of law and that we respected people who follow the rule of law. This administration has made it very clear that they want people to come in and that if you come, don't worry, wink, nod, we'll take care of you. So tell me what else you get into in your book, Radical Nation, Joe Biden and Kamala's dangerous plan for America. Immigration, clearly long-term strategic play to create one party state. Totally uh, agree with you on that one. And there's no interest in this administration in actually stopping the illegal flow of migrants. What do do you view as other key areas of the radical approach from the Kamala Biden administration? It's a good question, Buck, because you have to understand that so much of it ties together. So H.R. 1, reason they support that, again, part of a Democratic majority. So they peel back uh, the integrity of our voting system. Why do they want D.C. to become a state? Not because it makes sense, not because they want people to have the right to vote in D.C., which they could if they just gave back the piece of Maryland that was taken from Maryland. They want it because they're going to get two Democratic senators out of the deal that would make sure that they cemented their majority 
in the Senate? Why do they want to pack the court for the same reason? All of these policies are in pursuit of a larger goal, which is to cement a permanent uh, Democratic majority that will allow them to pursue far left progressive policies. So I look at all those policies and kind of peel back the onion as to what the ultimate goal is. Secondly, we start to look at the people. The people are in Biden Inc., the people that are the loyalists that have been around him, the grifters, if you will, that make money off of him, that trade on the Biden name. Then we also look at the people that he has surrounded himself with his cabinet at the senior levels of the White House. People like Pete Buttigieg, who ran a small town and now run the probably the largest uh, department in the government outside of DOD that runs our planes, trains, automobiles, shipping containers, everything. And he had what, like 25 buses in South Bend, Indiana. You look at Dennis McDonough, McDonough running the Department of Veterans Affairs, never served in the military, never had any affiliation with a veteran service organization. Why is he running the VA? Well, because he was Obama's chief of staff. Over and over again, you see people who aren't qualified, but check a box. So that they, you know, Pete Buttigieg's case, you know, Biden was very clear. It's the first, uh, you know, openly gay uh, cabinet member confirmed for a major uh, department. And so it checked a box, but they say it out loud. It's not that they're qualified or that they have the experience. It's that they check some sort of left wing criteria. And so part of what the book does is it gives people a better understanding of what's at stake and how to argue what's going on and, and have the, the uh, what we can do to fight back. There's an entire chapter at the end of the book that gives people an idea of the groups that they can belong, the books that they can read. Well, give us, give us some of these details, can- Sean, because the problem is when you lay out the problem for everybody, right, they get understandably concerned about the, the future direction of this country. For the people watching right now, give us a little bit. I know they should get the book, right? right? So they'll get the full plan, yeah, yeah, the, but, but give us the sure, precis. But I'll I'll give you one good example. One of the things that we have right now with young people is that they are indoctrinated from everything that they see online, from TikTok to the movies, all of the commercialization we see. So we talk about, you know, the Young America's Foundation. We talk about Turning Point USA, the group that Charlie Kirk's uh, founded. And that here's what parents can do to get their kids involved in an organization that gives them an alternative to what they're being preached at, either in high school or college. We give them books that they can read, shows that they can watch. There's a, a whole series called The Chosen, um, which is a funded crowdsourced funding that every family can watch. It's about the life and time of Jesus Christ, but it is one of the most amazingly produced theoretical presentations I've ever seen. But people don't know that it's out there and it's free. There's an app that you can get called VidAngel. But we point people to it that say, hey, you want to watch good, wholesome uh, viewing at home and you're tired of having ads thrown in your face that are probably contrary to what you believe. There's an organization um, called Second Vote out there that allows people to invest in mutual funds that are consistent with conservative values whether you're pro-life, pro-gun, or a couple other things. And they will only invest in funds, in companies that are neutral to pro, either pro-life, pro-gun, so that you can actually go out and invest your money and make money consistent with your values. So all that's in chapter 20, so that people can say, how do I actually do things in my life that push back on this administration and that support values and issues that are consistent with what I believe. Sounds like we got a template. Thank you so much, Sean. Good luck with the book and come back, hang out with us soon, all right? You bet, Buck. Take care. New York's Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul is preparing to take the main stage after the resignation of Andrew Cuomo. So what does her ascendancy actually mean for the Empire State? Republican Congressman Lee Zeldin is running for New York governor. He'll join us next to give his thoughts.
But right now, let's talk about the crypto market. I mean, people want to get invested in crypto these days, that's for sure, but how do they get started? Well, Colin Plume, the CEO of Noble Gold, wanted to answer that question with My Digital Money. It's an easy-to-use, self-trading crypto IRA platform with top-tier customer service. It's one of the few U.S.-based cryptocurrency companies that will answer your phone call and help you get started. Because your comfort and security is their top priority, they'll give you military-grade security, trigger orders, a play money account, and you can test the market without risking your money with that play money account so you can see how you do. With the recent pullback of most of the major cryptocurrencies, this could be the best time to get into this exciting technology-based investment. When it comes to your money, you deserve a team of dedicated professionals that have your back, speak to you honestly, and treat you like a human, not just a number. Check them out at MyDigitalMoney.com. That's MyDigitalMoney.com. We'll be back with more Hold the Line. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep, the application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs. Just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Earlier this week, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo announced his resignation in the wake of a devastating report alleging he sexually harassed multiple women, leaving New York in shambles. Cuomo will be out of the Albany mansion in less than two weeks. But is his replacement any better? From failed nursing home policies to unchecked harassment and intimidation, our next guest says incoming Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul stayed through scandal after scandal and is the wrong move for the Empire State Gubernatorial candidate Representative Lee Zeldin joins us now to discuss. Uh, Congressman Zeldin, great to have you. Great to be with you. So people are seeing this as, well, Cuomo, the big bad Cuomo had to go, but what should we know about uh, Kathy Hochul, the person taking over? I mean, she was silent. She has two choices here. She was either complicit or out to lunch. Scandal after scandal. Where was her leadership with the deadly nursing home order and cover-up? Where was her leadership speaking out against the $5.1 million self-congratulatory book deal where their administration is now under investigation for helping to write it? Uh, where was she during all of uh, the allegations that were made that led to the AG's report? Uh, she chose to be silent. Two choices, complicity or being out to launch. Uh, now, as far as her background from an ideological standpoint, a press conference that she gave, her first big press conference that she gave was a sign of the explaining away of how positions that were more moderate as a member of the House have become more further to that uh, left extreme of her party. She was asked about giving driver's licenses to illegals. She says her position has evolved. I feel like we've been through this already once before. I remember a member of the House, Kirsten Gillibrand, being appointed as United States Senator. 
everyone saying that Kirsten Gillibrand was a moderate, endorsed by the NRA. But once you become a statewide official, you start thinking about your next election, you start thinking about where the Democratic primary base is, uh, you start what they call evolving their positions. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, she gets a little bit of rope. Will she come in and demand that cashless bail be repealed and that we keep qualified immunity and get rid of critical race theory in our schools? We'll see. Um, but listen, none of us should be holding our breath for that. Congressman Zeldin, also got to ask you, were you at all surprised that Cuomo ended up resigning? It seemed like after the first speech he gave, he was planning to fight it out till the very end. I mean, just give give everyone a sense of some of the additional pressures. We know about the 11 women in the report and, and what the report said, but that wasn't the end of it for Cuomo, was it? No, there's so many other investigations and scandals here. Uh, as far as what exactly put him over the top, none of us really know. There's some speculation that's out there, uh, but it was looking almost certain that he was going to be impeached. The votes were there. Uh, to impeach him, and then he would be facing a trial and removal. Uh, there are new investigations that have been launched by uh, county district attorneys looking into some of the allegations connected to the attorney general's report. I mentioned some of the other investigations that are out there, different levels of government conducting the investigations on the other scandal, his prospects for November 2022 looking more bleak. The prospects for the June 2022 uh, Democratic primary starting to look more bleak. He had Melissa DeRosa resign a couple days earlier. Uh, people in his closest orbit, some of his top allies all telling him it was time to go. The rest of us realized a long time earlier that he should have resigned. We were saying he should resign for the deadly nursing home order and cover up. Something put him over the top at the end. Nobody knows exactly if it's just one thing or if it's a combination of several things. So Andrew Cuomo is resigning in disgrace. This was in your tweet and his lieutenant is taking over. The systemic fundamental corruption and scandals in Albany has now plagued the last three Democrat governors in a row. We need entirely new leadership in the governor's office to save our state. Obviously, you're running for governor uh, I'm assuming here that you want everyone to know that, you know, the new boss may be a little better than the old boss, but the whole system with Democrats in charge here in the state of New York is going to make this a place that continues to lose residents and feel like it's just dysfunctional. Well, think about this, Buck. If you woke up the morning of the governor's resignation announcement thinking about your breaking point as you are seriously considering fleeing this state, whether it's as a small business owner who's having trouble bringing able-bodied adults into work because the government's paying them more to stay at home, maybe you're concerned about rising crime because state government is supporting law enforcement less, not more, getting rid of qualified immunity, implementing cashless bail and, and other bad flawed policies. Maybe you're concerned about your kids' education. You want to see tax credits for school choice, critical race theory eliminated in our schools. You feel like kids should be sent to school for a quality education, not indoctrination or brainwashing. Maybe you cherish your freedoms. Now, this morning, when you woke up, that same breaking point, those same issues are still uh, totally the same as they were. Nothing has gotten better with this announcement. We have to break up this one-party Democrat rule, and it's at every level, in D.C., in Albany, and New York City. And they're doing a lot to make life harder. Uh, people deserve to feel like they have a voice and representation again in our state capitol so that they can stay as opposed to having to flee out of this state and not look back. Now, Congressman, got to ask you as well about 
the New York City vaccine passport situation. This just strikes me. I mean, you know, I'll just tell you, my brother's wedding is next week. We were just told the venue was going to enforce vaccine passports in advance of when the actual enforcement date of New York City is. So, so now we got, you know, over 100 people that are supposed to just dance to the tune that they're telling us a few days before we're supposed to show up. I mean, is this vaccine passport thing going to stand? Is anyone challenging it? What happens? Is it going to go statewide? I don't support vaccine passports, and the vaccine passports are statewide here in the state. Now, interestingly enough, if you're vaccinated outside of New York, I know somebody a few days ago who just confirmed it most recently uh, that you can't even upload your vaccination card from outside of New York. Uh, so the vaccine passports don't even work. If you did the responsible thing, you're saying, hey, I went and got vaccinated when I was down in Florida or elsewhere. Uh, you still can get a vaccine passport. I don't think you should be required to provide your medical information to non-medical strangers. Uh, I also don't think it's a good idea for the government to be telling that struggling small business owner that barely survived the pandemic that they have to turn down a good paying customer because of that person's vaccination status. We're talking about survival of jobs, of a, a way of life, a business that would go under and it's barely surviving today. So there are a lot of issues here where government is not respecting the fact that there is a very high bar that needs to be met if you want to enact any type of restriction on individual liberty or try to enact a control on a business. Congressman Zeldin, thanks so much for being with us. We appreciate it. Thank you. All right, the standoff between Republicans and Democrats in the Lone Star State continues to escalate as the Texas House Speaker issued civil arrest warrants for dozens of Democrat lawmakers who broke quorum last month and fled to Washington, D.C. So where does this end? Wesley Hunt is running for Congress in Texas's 7th Congressional District. He'll join us next to give his assessment. First, let's talk about the most valuable asset you own, your home. I mean, how much equity do you have in your home? 50000 100000 More? Cybercrime experts are alerting homeowners that the more equity you have, the greater the chance foreign and domestic criminals will come after you. Home title theft is one of the fastest growing crimes out there. In fact, Home Title Lock, America's leader in home title protection, is alerting homeowners they could already be a victim and not know it. Here's how it goes down. First, cyber, th uh, cyber thieves search hundreds of public databases for high equity homes. Next, they pull your home's title from online, forge your signature stating you sold your home, and they take out loans using your equity. You're not covered by insurance, your bank, or common identity theft programs. Protect your most valuable asset now. Register your address to see if you're already a victim and receive a complete title history of your home, a $100 value, free. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. Again, that's HomeTitleLock.com. We'll be right back. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Officers of the Texas House of Representatives delivered civil arrest warrants to more than 50 absent Democrats this week as Republicans continue their efforts to end a standoff over an election integrity bill that's now entering its second month. So what comes next? Are Texas Rangers gonna fly up to Washington and start arresting Democrat lawmakers? Gosh, crazy stuff. Joining me now, Texas Republican congressional candidate, Wesley Hunt. Wesley, great to have you on the show. 
Happy to be here. Thank you all for having me. Appreciate you. So what do you make of this latest development in this saga here? Are Dem Democrats, I mean, they're clearly violating the law. I mean, are they actually going to face arrest if they don't return to work here in the Texas State House? What's going on? Well, they should because they're not, they're not doing their job. The people of Texas elected these 50 people, these 50 Democrats, to do their job, and that's to vote for and pass legislation each session that's for the betterment of the people of Texas. And right now, I'm seeing just a flat-out derelict of duty, and the hypocrisy is absolutely deafening. And what they should be doing is, is not actually countersuing the governor. What they should be doing is applauding the governor for trying to keep our southern border safe. And what I find even more interesting is that not only do they defect, not only do they go to D.C. bringing COVID with them, now apparently two or up to four of them are on vacation while, they're while their colleagues are currently in session. That's not leadership. And I tell you what, the eyes of Texas are upon them. We are watching. And we have a midterm election coming up, and I think every last one of them should be voted out if they don't want to do their job. Wesley, I got to ask, I mean, the, the Texas state Senate, right, has already passed this, uh, this voting bill, the voting integrity measure. Is there any chance, based on what your expectations are from, uh, from Governor Abbott in Texas, is, is there any chance that the Democrats fleeing to D.C. are going to be able to prevent this bill, or are they just delaying the inevitable? They are de delaying the inevitable. At some point, you're going to have to come back home. You're going to have to sit on that floor, and you're going to have to vote on this, and you're going to lose. And by the way, we are just doing basic housekeeping in this bill. There's nothing racist about this bill. It's not voter suppression. It simply means that we know that the person that walks into that booth to vote is who they say they are, or if someone mails in a ballot, which is, of course, legal, we can do that. That's the right person doing it as well. We are trying to stop uh, uh, people from cheating, but making it easier for people to actually vote and do it the right way and have confidence in our system. Wesley, I wanted to switch gears a bit here. I know you're a retired uh, U.S. Army captain who served a combat tour in Iraq. It's looking sure. likely the Taliban is going to be in control of essentially all of Afghanistan within a matter of months, perhaps weeks. Uh, as a veteran, when you see this going on and, and after you experience that time of, of serving alongside your brothers and sisters in uniform overseas, what do you think about this withdrawal and, and what's happening in Afghanistan? Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with, with ending these decade-long wars. And we saw the previous, the, the previous administration and President Trump start to kind of withdraw from, from the Middle East. And, and I'm actually in, in full agree, agreement with that. What President Biden is failing to do, though, is understanding that we must leave in a position of strength and not in a position of weakness. Uh, the, the Taliban needs to be clear that if you violate anything that we ask you to do, uh, that, that there's going to be consequences. And right now, they know there, will be, there won't be any because this current administration is so weak. And most importantly, not just the Taliban, but Iran and China and Russia, they're all watching us as well. And so if there aren't consequences for actions, this is gonna be a problem. President Trump did, did things a little bit differently. They understood that if they got out of line, then there was going to be swift consequence. And we led from a position of strength. 
So not only does this weaken us, it also weakens our friends, it also weakens our allies. And at some point, we've got to take back the House, we have got to win the presidency here in 2024 so we could lead from a position of strength again. You're running for Congress in Texas's 7th District. What are you hoping to do? What's top of your agenda, assuming you make it to Washington in that role? We're certainly hopeful for you, but what are you, what's going to be top of the list? You know, as I look back at what I've seen for the past 150 days, I'm seeing spiking in inflation. I'm seeing the Democrats trying to pass trillions upon trillions upon trillions of dollars worth of bill in the time that we're recovering from COVID-19. We've had 1.1 million illegal people poor poor across our border here down south. This, that's just to name a few things. We're talking about critical race theory. We're talking about everyone trying to divide this country based on the color of their skin. When we know doggone well, we are at a place where we are judging people by the content of their character. That's just to name a few. And I refuse to stand by idly and do nothing. And and. At some point, we have to stand for what it means to be an American. And I'm somebody that put my life on the line, and I'm willing to die for this country. And I refuse to see it continue down to the direction that we've seen in the last 150 days. Just asking you now as a, as a Texan, we've been talking to you as an aspiring member of Congress and, uh, and a uh, veteran, obviously. But I just want to know, I mean, as a Texan, do you have any worries that Governor Abbott might get a little, a little shaky, a little weak, perhaps, on uh, the pressure to put mask mandates and perhaps even some business restrictions and lockdowns into place. You think he's going to stay strong despite all the media focus on Texas right now and COVID? I think he's going to stay strong. And, and, and the mask mandates actually hit home to me very well. I have a two and a half year old. She's getting ready to start preschool in the next couple of days. And, and we're talking about putting masks on two and a half year olds. Now, now, if anybody is a parent of a two and a half year old, we know that's virtually impossible. This is a, an issue of individual liberty. Look, if you want to wear a mask, if you want to get vaccinated, you should. But, but it's not our right to force people to do anything. I think Governor Abbott is actually going to stand strong because Texas always does, and we have to. And again, the world's watching us. The world's watching Florida. The world's watching Texas. As we go, so does America. And I think we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna hold firm and stand tight. Wesley, best of luck to you. Thanks for being here with you. Hope you'll come back. God bless you. Definitely will. Anytime. Thank you. All right, we return. The Terminator is pulling his mask off, so to speak. Former California Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger is coming out hard against freedom. Yeah, you heard that right. We have the video for you in Quick Hits coming up. But I want to tell you about uh, our friends at My Digital Money one more time. Cryptocurrency is hot these days. A lot of people want to get into it, whether it's Bitcoin, Ethereum, or any of the dozens of other tokens out there. But it can be confusing for beginners. That's why Colin Plume, the CEO of Noble Gold, created My Digital Money. This is an easy-to-use, self-trading crypto IRA platform with top-tier customer service. It's one of the few U.S.-based cryptocurrency companies that will answer your phone calls and help you get started. Because your comfort and security is their top priority, they offer an unparalleled military-grade security for your coins, trigger orders so you can secure opportunities, a play money account so you can test the market without risking your money. And with the recent pullback of most of the major cryptocurrencies out there, this might be the best time to get into this exciting technology-based investment. When it comes to your money, you deserve a team of dedicated professionals who have your back, speak to you honestly, and treat you like a human, not just a number. Check them out at MyDigitalMoney.com. That's MyDigitalMoney.com. Quick hits, straight ahead.
The Hunter Biden laptop saga continues. This time the president's son confesses that a, a third laptop could be missing. Oh my gosh. Dad must be proud. Time to get into that and more in quick hits. This was Hunter Biden admitting there's a third, a third Hunter Biden laptop. I were talking about like tidy whities dancing with a scarf, with the glasses. Maybe he's doing some painting or whatever. Here he is. I think he's the one that don't want the How long ago did this happen? Yeah. So it would have been out already, I think. No, no, no. I think that's not just going to be president. Yeah, that's not. Oh, yeah, they are. He is. He knows. He also knows I make like a gazillion dollars. I'm going to try a black man. Yeah, in some way, yeah. I make a gazillion dollars, Hunter Biden says. Now, I mean, he does sell his paintings for half a million dollars, and that's, of course, just an influence peddling scheme, essentially money laundering out in the open, but he's a Democrat, so everyone pretends like that's okay. But, uh, I mean, I, I, you know, another Hunter Biden laptop, I think, we need to, I think we need to see what's going on with that one. First of all, you know, if you're gonna do Naked Dance, don't do Naked Dance on video, Hunter, you know what I mean? Like, learn some lessons here. I think that's probably, Something that along the line, you know, along the way, he could pick up, you know, be a little more, a little more discreet. But I think Hunter Biden's kind of a, an amazing character of American politics at this point. The guy is such a disaster, and yet so protected by the establishment. It, it, it makes you wonder. It makes you wonder how such a thing could even exist in in modern America. How this could all be going the way that it does. Anyway. Um, I grew up watching action movies, probably my favorite genre of movies. I used to watch all the Schwarzenegger and Stallone and all these different uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. I was a big JCVD fan, actually. Uh, so, you know, I used to watch all these guys do their action movies. A little bit of Charles Bronson, not as into him. Better Chuck Norris, more my guy. But uh, it's disappointing that Schwarzenegger, well, first of all, he has a proclivity to be... Um, Hansy with the help, uh, but beyond that, he is now firmly on the side of the lockdown mandate mask maniacs. Here he is. And not just to think about, well, my freedom is being kind of disturbed here. No, screw your freedom, because with freedom comes obligations and, uh, and kind of responsibilities. We cannot just say, I have the right to do X, Y, and Z. When you affect other people, was that, by the way, was that the Vinman guy in the middle, the one that was supposed to take? That's, that's amazing. That guy uh, was supposed to take Trump down because of bringing up a completely, actually legitimate investigation, wondering, hey, is, like, is there Biden corruption going on? And, oh, I was going to be impeached over this in Vinman. I mean, oh, my gosh, the cast of characters. It's amazing, isn't it? The people that liberals have held up just in an effort to, to go after Trump or to defeat MAGA or whatever, to get Joe Biden into office. You know, you've got uh, people now that are realizing, hold on a second, you mean Andrew Cuomo wasn't such a great guy? Hold, hold on a second, you mean that uh, uh, creepy porn lawyer, as Tucker calls him, what's his name? I can't remember the guy's name, you know what I'm talking about. Avenatti, that guy, you know, you got these people they hold up, and Vinman, that guy was a joke. It's like, my gosh. Definitely not somebody that I would think uh, really believe he could take down a president. But anyway, he tried. He took a shot. Speaking of presidents, um, very different feeling from some people out there about the vaccine based upon who the president is at any point in time. The team just pulled these together. These are some tweets showing you how libs feel about these things. A couple of them are blue checks. Uh, one of them is just some uh, rando, I guess, but a random person. Here she is. Um, 
I would eat rancid, durian left in a hot car for 12 days while listening to Josh Groban sing Christmas songs before I would take some BS Trump vaccine. And then later, who's got two thumbs and an appointment for a COVID vaccine? Because Biden's president! Um, there's that. Although, I don't know. I, I, you know, she seems kind of nice. And then there's a raise your head if you would never trust a vaccine. This is from Brooklyn Dad Defiant. I don't even know who this guy is. Pushed by a bleach injection, snake oil selling con man. Later on, just got my first Pfizer vaccine from uh, Fauci Ouchie. I can sit at the cool kids table with the rest of you. Get your vaccination. Yay, that's what they say. And Trump is lying about vaccine development today. This is Scott Dworkin spreading false hope. There is no vaccine. And even before we focus on a vaccine, we need an overall plan. And then it's later on. If you're spreading anti-vaccine lies, you're on the side of the virus. So, you know, it's really about who the president is for a lot of these people. It's not about health. It's not about safety. It's not about any of that. That's it for tonight's Hold the Line. The No Spin News with Bill O'Reilly is up next. Shields high.